What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a special Norse episode of the Messed Up Origins podcast. I'm your host, John Solo, and I'm sorry if that's disappointing to hear. I promise I'll make it up to you, though, because today we're talking about who I find to be one of the most fascinating figures in Norse mythology, Mimir. What? What do you mean, who's Mimir? You don't know who Mimir is? Well, that's... Not very surprising, actually, because he doesn't really play that big of a role in the mythos. That being said, I think the best way to introduce you to him would be to let him introduce himself. Who are you? Me? I'm the greatest ambassador to the gods, the giants, and all the creatures of the Nine Realms. I know every corner of these lands, every language spoken, every war waged, every deal struck. They call me Mimir, smartest man alive. And I have the answer to your every question. So did you get all that? Basically, he was a really smart guy. He gave counsel to Odin on a number of occasions and even played a vital role in teaching the Allfather everything he knows. His role in God of War is also one of my favorites and I'd say how most people nowadays are introduced to Mimir. So just for fun, I'll be comparing and contrasting the video game version of his story to the version the Norse people actually believed in. And just so you're aware, I will be spoiling some major moments from that game and a tiny little bit of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So if you want to avoid that, maybe come back after you've played them. You know, in the 60 hours it would take to complete both campaigns. And now, the messed up origins of Mimir. Chapter 1. The Smartest Man Alive so for those of you who never heard of Mimir before this video, you might be surprised to hear that he's actually mentioned in several of our ancient resources for Norse mythology. Not only in the Poetic Edda or Snorri Sturluson's Prose Edda, but actually another one of Sturluson's works. It's called Heimskrinja, and I'll be honest, trying to break it down is a little above my pay grade. But to put it simply, it chronicles the history of Norse kings in a way that's more fantastical than accurate, and it also uses more humanized versions of the gods we're familiar with. Here's the thing though, pretty much all of these sources reference the same few stories about Mimir. So instead of sectioning off this video by the poems and chapters we're sourcing from like usual, I'm just going to do it by the individual myths, starting with the basics. As mentioned earlier, if there is one thing Mimir is known for, it's his near-infinite knowledge and wisdom, which may even surpass Odin's. Yeah, I said it. His name, Mimir, or as they say it in God of War, Mimir, is generally accepted to mean remember or memory, which are both pretty obvious references to his vast knowledge. And if you're already sick of hearing me say the words wisdom and knowledge, this is going to be a long video. But if you're wondering how Mimir got to be so fucking smart, I do have the answer for you. See, my man's home base is by a well of water called Mimis Brunner, which literally translates to Mimir's well. It's located under one of the three roots of Yggdrasil, the world tree, specifically the one that connects to Jotunheim, the land of the giants, and where the primordial plain of Ganungagap once resided. The water inside the well isn't your typical water either. It's actually filled with knowledge and wisdom. Mimir drinks from it every day using what's called the Gyalar horn, and with every swig, he understands more about the cosmos. Unfortunately, we don't know how Mimir discovered this well or why he was allowed to make it his home base, but we do know that he has full authority over who gets to ingest its contents, and that's because of a myth involving he and Odin. Sadly, there's no complete version of the story, so the details are a little lacking, but it is referenced in both of the Eddas. Basically, what happened was, Odin was in search of knowledge, like always, and traveled to Mimir's well to request a little sippy sip of his brain juice. But Mimir knew that blessing the overly ambitious Allfather with the wisdom it contained would have some serious consequences for the Nine Realms, both good and bad, so he 
insisted that he be given something of equal or greater value in exchange. Knowing that Odin had the ability to see far and wide, he requested one of his eyes as a trade. To his surprise, Odin didn't even flinch at the proposition. He didn't ask if he was serious or even try to negotiate for something less valuable like his appendix. He simply cut his eye out of his head and gave it to Mimir, who placed it in the well where it infused with the water. Then he gave Odin the drinking horn that was filled with the wisdom he sought. Even knowing how dangerous of a being Odin is, it's pretty hardcore that Mimir would request something like that from his nephew, don't you think? Wait, did you just say nephew? Does that mean that Mimir is Odin's uncle? Potentially, yeah. We don't know for sure, but there's a line in a poem called Havamal that says Odin learned nine magic songs from his mother Besla's brother who remains nameless. So some theorize this may be a reference to the knowledge Odin gained from Mimir's well. It's also because of this that we don't know if Mimir is a giant or an Aesir god. If he is indeed Besla's brother, then he'd be a giant. But if not, well, his role in the Aesir Vanir War, which we'll talk about next section, would seem to imply he's an Aesir. The way God of War gets around making this distinction is by simply saying he emigrated to the Nine Realms from somewhere south. So in that universe, he might be another form of being entirely. But I've got to tell you about the way their version of the Eye Sacrifice goes down because I just love it so much. Instead of Odin seeking out Mimir, it was the other way around, and Mimir was trying to impress the Allfather so he could get a job as his counselor. The questionable way he went about doing this was by giving him what he claimed was wisdom water, but was actually just water laced with enough mystic mushrooms to make a god see visions. And whatever Odin saw while he was tripping balls made him try to gouge out his own eyes. Luckily, Mimir was able to stop him before he could finish the job, then after Odin calmed down, convinced him the eye was a sacrifice for a higher form of sight to be bestowed. Or at least he thought he convinced him. As you can see in the game, things don't go well between he and the Allfather. Not only did Odin go on to take one of Mimir's eyes as revenge, but he imprisoned him inside an indestructible tree at the highest peak in Midgard, where he tortured him every single day for 109 years. That's 39,785 days in total. I know that's just the video game version, but never underestimate a god's ability to hold a grudge. Now, I know that Assassin's Creed Valhalla also has their own reimagining of Odin's sacrifice. In this case, it was to gain the wisdom necessary to avoid his permanent death at Ragnarok. Well, it was for that reason and probably something to do with Templars. Unfortunately, I haven't played the game yet, so I don't have the complete context. Chapter 2. The Aesir-Vanir War so if you've seen my videos on the Greek mythos, you should know that wars between the gods aren't all that uncommon. The Olympians had to fend off usurpers on more than one occasion, and at one point were even the usurpers themselves. Well, the Norse mythos also has a war between gods, specifically the Aesir and the Vanir, who were the deities that concerned themselves more with nature as opposed to culture, though they weren't any less powerful than the Aesir. We don't actually know what caused the war to start, but the theory is that it was triggered by the Aesir's brutal murder of the Vanir goddess Gulf after she entered their territory. Golvig, who some believe is the same figure as the goddess Freya, was stabbed with spears and burnt on a pyre three separate times, but continued to be reborn. And on her third rebirth, she started practicing Seether, a form of magic related to telling the future, which may have helped her side put up such a good fight against the Aesir, who were known for and prided themselves on their triumphs in combat. In fact, this war went on for years with both sides taking losses and having each of their homelands ravaged. So after realizing that all of this fighting wasn't gaining anyone anything, 
they agreed to meet and set up a truce. Part of this truce involved each of the gods spitting into a vat where their saliva mixed together, and from their spit, the wise being Kavasir was born. Another stipulation was that each side, both the Aesir and the Vanir, would exchange hostages, and this is where Mimir comes in. See, the Vanir sent their best men, Niord, who's described as wealthy, and his son Freyr. Meanwhile, the Aesir traded Mimir and Honir, who's described as large, handsome, and thought by the Vanir to be well-suited for a leadership role. They decided to give Honir the title of chief, and Mimir would often be by his side to give him good counsel, only it wasn't long before the Vanir noticed a problem. Whenever Mimir wasn't around to help Honir make his decision, he would simply reply, let others decide which is a pretty useless position, especially if you're chief. As a result, the Vanir felt cheated, like they traded two valuable members for just one. So to send Odin and his cronies a message, they beheaded Mimir and sent his head back to Asgard, where Odin eventually discovered it. Now, why the Vanir discarded the only useful part of their trade, I'll never understand. If anything, they should have killed Honir, but Odin didn't mind. Using the magic he learned from the well and from his other various sacrifices, he embalmed Mimir's bloody stump with herbs so it wouldn't rot, then said charms over it, which gave it the power to talk to him and reveal secrets. From that point on, Odin would carry Mimir's head around with him whenever he'd travel or find himself in conflict, and the reanimated wise man would divulge the information he needed to gain the advantage. Now, once again, I absolutely love God of War's reimagining of these events because you can see exactly which parts of the original myth they took inspiration from. For example, in in the game's universe, there was also an Aesir-Vanir war, but it was settled a bit differently. Instead of both sides exchanging hostages, Mimir proposed that the leaders of each side, Odin and Freya, get married. Which is interesting because she's actually the daughter and sister of Njord and Freyr, the two Vanir that were given to the Aesir in the real myth. Anyway, the marriage wasn't an idea that Freya was fond of, but she did it for the sake of peace, and it worked for a while. Eventually, though, she had to leave Odin due to his tyrannical, unjust ways, and this infuriated him. Meanwhile, as Counselor Mimir continued to give out sage advice that maintained the peace and even befriended the giants to the point where they trusted him enough to put Bifrost crystals in his eyes, which allowed him to travel between realms at ease. And if you're wondering if that process hurt, again, I'll just let Mimir explain it. Did it hurt? No, because I wisely fortified myself with 16 cups of Billow Maiden's Ale. Got so inebriated, I tried convincing the giants to put him in my nipples instead. <laughs> Almost talked them into it too. Can you imagine? Mimir of the Bifrost Teats. <laughs> what I would give for a nickname like that. Now, Mimir having such an amicable relationship with the giants is what ultimately led Odin to decide he couldn't be trusted anymore and imprison him in that tree. You'll be happy to hear, though, that he does manage to escape imprisonment, just not in a very fun way. Instead of him getting beheaded by the Vanir and them sending his bloody stump to Odin like they're Kevin Spacey in Seven, well... I'm going to cut off your head now. Kratos does it. Then he takes Mimir's head to the Witch of the Woods, who's later revealed to be Freya. She reanimates him in a very similar fashion as Odin did in the original myth, and he spends the rest of the game hanging from the waist of the bloody ghost of Sparta. Offering bits and knowledge of insight from his centuries worth of adventures around the Nine Realms, just like he did with Odin in the original myth. And I think that's as good a spot as any to wrap this episode up. Tell me, Solo fam, do you have any thoughts on Mimir of the Bifrost Teats? Chances are he doesn't have as much appeal to those of you who haven't played God of War, but I do hope that you can still appreciate him and the role he played in the mythos. 
Thank you all for tuning in to the Messed Up Origins podcast. We're posting episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So don't forget to sacrifice the five-star and follow buttons to the algorithm gods to make sure they bless your feed with more mythological and folklore content. If you have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, like if you really enjoyed it or are dying to correct my pronunciation of something, hit me up under the Messed Up Origins handles on Twitter and Instagram. And to those who are craving more Messed Up Origins, feel free to check out other episodes of the podcast or look up my YouTube channel called John Solo to experience the original episodes complete with visual aids and custom-made artwork. Until next time, Solo fam, my name is John Solo, and don't forget, John shot first.